And welcome back to the Perfume Sick Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Rashid. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about 12 Angry Men, the yeah. movie, not just Angry just Men. Angry Men in general, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Angry Men. Yeah. So we're talking about the movie. But before that, ketchup, mm-hmm. condiment, mustard, mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of condiments to make that joke with. All right. It's just, just not that many of them. <laughs> it's just the, ke- the ketchup. Yeah, yeah, like once you get to like ranch mm-hmm. and, and... Thousand Island. Thousand Island, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Blue cheese. Horseradish. Horseradish. Yeah. Sauerkraut. Yeah, sauerkraut, that's in there. Uh, what else? Little like shitty french fries that you put in hot dogs. I don't know. Is that a condiment? There, there's shitty French fries that you put on hot dogs? Yeah, there's like really shitty processed, like crispy fries that you put on oh, like, hot dogs. Um, um, they're I've fake. seen them on burgers, like yeah. uh, onion rings. Kind of, yeah, but they're potatoes okay. instead of onions. Yeah. They're gross. All right. But they're condiments, the, but I guess. can't be gross. And what? <laughs> they're just like so processed and oh, full of garbage for yeah. you. It's just like you eat them and you're just like, ah, oh, I mean, that tasted good, but at what cost, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway. I made a, um, I made a macaroni. On uh, what Friday morning? Nice soup. Friday morning had to get up at like five a.m. make a macaroni yeah. <laughs> for work. If for work, we had oh. a pot, we had a potluck. Oh, and, that's um, neat. Yeah, I said I was gonna bring in a, a macaroni and cheese, and I was like, I was kind of worried that um that maybe no, like there was a possibility that I was gonna bring the macaroni there and then no one was gonna have any. Right. You yeah. Know? Or, but I was like, okay, well that's a win for me because then I'll just bring it home and I'll eat it all my guys. Yeah, just so have all macaroni. Yes, and I love macaroni. You know, or I'll take it there and then it'll be a big hit and everybody it'll be all gone. Yeah. You know? And that's what happened. Like, well, it's like I took it there and then, like, I was the last person to eat, you know, because it was a big line. And I just, I'm not going to stand in line. Right. You yeah. know, I, I, don't, I don't like standing in line. It was like 30 people. So I'm like, well, I can just go fuck off somewhere and then come back in 20 minutes and the line will be died down. Right. So I get there and it's one last person in line and I go to the macaroni and there's the smallest portion <laughs> of macaroni, like two bites left. So, sad. so, yeah. So it's like I had just enough to sample what the macaroni tasted like and it was pretty good, nice. but, but no compliments. No compliments, no compliments but, to the macaroni. But, but the, comp- the compliments is that there was the, it was all eaten. <laughs> the, you know, nobody came up and said, that was good macaroni. That was very good. What you put in that? No, nothing. But no. they, they ate it all, so that, that says something. I guess it's a win-win. That's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, uh, yeah. win-lose. Kind of, yeah, kinda. something. You yeah. didn't make good macaroni, but you didn't get any. Didn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. You do make pretty good macaroni. This is enough. I'm yeah. trying to perfect it. Trying I, to. I, I've, I've enjoyed your macaroni mm. in the past. It's, it's pretty great. We're making another one today. Nice. <laughs> I'm making fresh pasta today. Really? Like, like by hand. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm making uh, an Italian recipe. You know the movie Chef? Chef. Oh, yes. With, with uh, John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. Uh, the recipe that he makes is Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. in that movie. That's what I'm making today. Oh, shit. So hopefully it comes out right. Hopefully I don't fuck up the fresh pasta. No, I think you can do it. Yeah, Take I think so too. It's not, it's not super complicated. Just what? Uh, what uh, what kind of noodle are you gonna make? Uh, just fettuccine. Fettuccine. Okay. Yeah, just oh, yeah. simple fucking roll the pasta, cut mm-hmm. it in strips, get yeah. over with. Okay. Uh, so that's gonna happen today. Mm-hmm. I I realize that I need a hobby. Okay. That is not related to anything film. All right. So that I can just like unwind from the film side of things, mm-hmm. and and then not go insane. Yes. By that, and I think cooking's that. Cooking's okay. great. All right. I mean, have you seen the channel Binging with Babish? Binging with Babish. I don't think so. Right. It's a YouTube channel that cooks. Meals that mm. show up in movies. Okay. And he now has a series called Basics with Babish. All right. Where he teaches you the basics of cooking. Mm. And I fu- I'm fucking in love nice. with that series. So, like, I'm learning about sauces and, mm. and like, how to make fresh pasta by hand yes. and all of this, like, amazing thing. Mm. And then and you can cook stuff that show up in movies that you really fancy that I always yeah. – it's like, oh, fuck, that does look delicious. Nice. And you can make that. 
and I love it. He's got a cookbook out, and I wish he was sponsoring us because that'd be great. But he's not. He's just really good at yeah. what he does. <laughs> that's 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 odd. Like uh, Lauren was bringing that up too. I don't know if it was the same guy, but uh, she was talking about the meal that was made in Spanglish and, yeah. and recreating that meal. And that's first time I'd even heard anybody like specifically saying something about seeing a meal in a movie and then trying to recreate it. Yeah, it's a fucking fantastic idea. Wow. Yeah. Why the fuck have we not done that before? It sounds pretty cool. I did the the ratatouille that we mm. see in, in in the movie. Movie ratatouille. It's, yeah. Ah, so good. Yeah. It's so fucking delicious hmm. um so the next the next big thing that i want to make is hmm. like some classic authentic ramen oh uh hmm. so that's gonna be fucking fantastic nice. and i found out yesterday that whole food has everything i need to make fucking authentic grass ramen yeah, I bet they would. it's gonna cost me like a like a ball and an eyeball hmm. um but uh, i'm gonna make authentic ramen and it's like you get to occupy time yeah, you know, that's it. That's yeah. what I, I like about it. Like I'm, um, I have some some ribs marinating right now that we're gonna. Oh, we, oh, we got a smoker. We got a smoker recently, mm. like a legit like box smoker Hell that's yeah. like temperature controlled, but digitally. And you know, you put the wood chips in, like it's it's official it's as like shit. A legit ass smoker. Oh hell yeah! You know, so we're uh, we're smoking some ribs today, but it's just like it it was preparation of two days. <laughs> you know, I soaked them in pineapple juice for one day, and then I sat them in there uh, this dry rub pineapple for another day. Juice. Oh yeah. I did not know that was a thing. You I guess use, it breaks down some of the enzymes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like you can do um, you can do that with chicken and use like a uh, a vinegar, okay. you know, vinegar water. But yeah, the uh, pineapple juice it kind of breaks down some of the enzymes in the skin. And um, whenever you do put your your dry ribbon on there, it just penetrates all through that right. motherfucker. And yeah, because it's so ooh. tender after being in the pineapple juice. Hell's yeah. And then it also adds a little bit of sweetness because yeah. pineapple juice is quite sweet. Yep. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Hell's yeah. Fuck yeah. So Chemistry. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was like that took up like hours of my time, you know, yeah. each day doing all of that. So it was like. I don't know, like like you said, just having it, an outlet just to to get away, whether it's from just the movie brain or work brain, just just something that's completely different. Yeah, something that time. just takes up time and yeah. you can just do it, and yeah. it's great. And it's something that comes out of it too. Yes, because like you can sit down and play Xbox, but nothing yeah. really comes out of that. No, but just something that has a tangible thing that you can just go like, now this is going in my face. Yes, this there was nothing here, and now there's something here, yeah. and it's gonna go in my stomach. <laughs> it's it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, what have you been up to? Have you watched anything interesting? Um, I finished, well, I was talking about it last week a little bit, um, Mindhunter. Um, right. I'm still just like, it's the front runner for best 2017 TV show for me right now. Very big. It? No, no, go ahead. Oh, it's, um, fuck, I hate <laughs> it when it goes away. Oh, God well. damn it. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, it's a <laughs> front runner for, uh, for best television show for me. I mean, they're, they're interviewing all of these uh, 1970s uh, sequence killers, is what mm-hmm. they're calling them at the time before they, <laughs> they come up with the name of serial killer. Right. You know, um, but I, I think this is a show that, like, you are going to love, man, because, like, it, it's, it's in the 70s, but um, like you, you talked about, like, some of the yeah, episode yeah. one and two, but um, they have uh, some of the characters... Um, it's like you can tell some of the characters are from 2017, and they're based in 2000. And, I mean, 1970. Right. You know, so um, they'll say something about uh, about women or about um, just some of the hot topic buttons of 2017. Yeah. And then you'll have that voice of reason, like I don't know if you can say things like that, <laughs> you know, even in 1970. <laughs> but it's the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So um, this it's it's really it's a really good show. I, I was actually gonna bring up Mindhunter too, because mm-hmm. I, I haven't. They have a sequel sh- already. <laughs> Did you feel that dead air? Did you, that was me judging the shit out of my co-host right now. Mindhunter 2, the sequel. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You've already seen Mindhunter 2? Get the fuck out of here. I was watching Mindhunter also. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. And uh, I realized I realized that I hadn't seen mm. past episode one. I yeah. had only seen like 20 minutes of episode one. Yeah. 
So I have a rule with TV shows mm. usually that I tend to follow. It's like yeah. if the show doesn't catch me mm. by episode three, yeah. I let it go. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't particularly happy with episode one of mm. Mindhunter. Okay. I wasn't super excited for episode two. All right. But once I think episode three happened mm. and Ed Kemper showed up on camera, like the character oh, of Ed yes. Kemper showed yes. up on camera, I was just like, that's what the show's about. Mm. And I fucking loved it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to disappoint you because he's not going to be on that show very much. No, 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 not the, oh. not because of the character, but oh. like that's what the show is about. Oh, yeah, the interaction yeah. between yes, these uh, these people the and the serial, serial killers, killers and the main yes. guy. Okay, and I was just like, that's yeah. what it took so long to get to. Yep. And after it got to that point, I was just like, all right, now David Fincher's at his element with clever dialogue scenes yep. and interactions, and yep. now I'm into this. But yep. before I wasn't super into it because I didn't really care about the teacher. Yeah. Uh, the guy that's with him in the car, what the fuck's his name? R- Roy? I, I, I'm not going to remember names. No. Whatever, that yeah. fucking guy. Yeah. I didn't really care about him, so I was just kind of like, I don't know what kind of relationship this is. I'm mm-hmm. not into this. But one, once it got into that like prison table mm-hmm. and they started talking, I was just like, oh, did you, good show. Were, did you see the car crash? No. Okay, I, I didn't know if that was episode two, three, or four. But yeah, it was, I was in the same boat. I wasn't super engaged with it. But then it was like, uh, there was a car crash scene. I was like, oh, okay, I'm paying attention again. What's going on? There's a car crash. Somebody might die. What's happening right now? You know, right. so that, that kept my attention just long enough to get me to back to talking to serial killers and the things that I was interested right. in. But yeah, um, it, it, may, it maybe it is a little slow starting off. But yeah, I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I think I think my biggest problem with it so far, as you said, like they try to set up this big, heavy relationships. Mm. Um, but they're not quite big enough for me to care uh, about the relationship so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're kind of just stretching through mm-hmm. these really slow moments at the beginning mm-hmm. um but i mean, once it gets to like what the show is about yeah. i think it's just fantastically done yeah so probably gonna finish mine hunter now nice. now that i've got to that uh it, it's pretty good I yeah it. yeah um i watched some more some more of uh star trek discovery oh yeah how's yeah. that going i mean it's it's really really good Nice. I mean, it's it's borderline. Nope, it's just it's really good. It's really good. Um, it's, I, I I noticed that it's not like your typical looking Star Trek. Nope. It's more of the cinematic. Yeah, looking yeah, it Star looks Trek. like the the J.J. Abrams uh, yeah. cinematic uh, Star Trek. But it looks so cool. But like some people have a problem because you have uh, the 1960s version of of Star Trek, which is like. You know, why does that look like that in 1960s? And then you have another one where this time is supposed to be right around the same time that uh, the 1960s Star Trek is in right. space. So, But the, the, the technology is, looks upgraded like shit. Like, um, what's the movie that we've seen? Alien. Alien Covenant. Yeah, Alien Covenant. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, whoa. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like, this is around the same time frame. No. Why does the technology look so different? You know, so that's that's the big thing that's going on with but Star Trek But I think Trek with now. Star Trek, you can get away with that a little bit better. Should be able to. Just because yeah. of, like... How expansive the universe is, mm-hmm. but an alien covenant. What the fuck are you doing, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I was okay with it just because I'm like, if they had the technology to make it look like it does now in 1960, they would they have. Yeah. yeah, but um, that's the only other thing. Um, but I can't think of the uh, the black lady that plays Michael Burnham, the main character mm-hmm. from uh, Walking Dead. She's doing a really good job. Nice. She surprised me. She did a really. I, good I job. caught the first episode of the show mm-hmm. uh, when I started working at the bar. Yeah, and and I really enjoyed it. So oh, yeah. I just haven't watched it, but yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was good stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, I like when television's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, there's not that many movies out anymore. Uh, yeah. mm. So, like, I um, I have to resort to watching sort of television content now. Because mm. I'm not a fan. Of, I think television's too much of a commitment. All right. I can watch three hours of a movie yeah. and be okay with it. Yep. But for some reason, watching three episodes that are one hour long of something yeah. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. 
so I, I I have to resort to telly now, mm. and so that's why I've been watching Manhunter. Yep. Or like when I'm in the background doing something, I watch something. I watch like true crime shit mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I I want movies, man. C- catch up on Dragon Ball Super so we can talk about it. Ah, oh, fuck, that's I mean, right. How about that Super. shit? <laughs> See, I I I want to do that, yes. but it's just I got to sit down and read so many subtitles. Yes. Like that, I can't do anything else nope. and watch <laughs> catch Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> So I have to pay attention mm. to Dragon Ball Super. So I just don't have the time yeah. to watch how many? I don't know how far back you are now. It's like 50 episodes at this point for me. Okay. Because I stopped like before the Power of Tournament started. Oh, shit. Yeah. I know that uh, that uh, Goku goes Ultra Instinct yep. uh, with the Jiren episode. Yeah. And Jiren is just like, what you going to do, bitch? Yeah. Jiren's, Jiren's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you can't fuck with him. Uh, but then two episodes after that, he went Ultra Instinct again. Yep. Against uh, Kale and Khalifa, they did right. fusion, and now they're uh, Khalifa or something like Kale-Leaf. that. Khalifa. <laughs> Whatever the, the new name is. Literally right? translates to Khalif. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I started thinking about that when, uh, when you brought that up, that uh, all the characters are based on, like, vegetables. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Kale? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. uh, cabbage. I fucking love it. Yeah, so uh, many of them. But sad yeah. news about Dragon Ball Super. Oh, man. The lady that played Bulma... Mm-hmm. Uh, died of medical issues uh, yeah. not too long ago, and it's fucking sad as shit. Yeah, she has been Bulma since Dragon since Ball. Since beginning, yeah. So it's fucking disheartening. Yeah. I think her name is a uh, Hiromi Tufu, something like that. Hiromi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so f- thank you for being Bulma, man. You were like part of my childhood yes. for such a long time. Yeah, and adulthood so now. Like it's yeah, a long right time. now. Yeah, I, Bulma is like low key my favorite side character mm. of the show. Like uh, apart from the main cast. Yeah. Uh, I like her more than I like Krillin. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna she she's up there for me too like top five side people but my yeah. number one side person is Chi 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 like that she's <laughs> oh she goes she's all the way crazy. in yes it's like I feel like if I'm fucking up she's gonna come at me with that frying pan man <laughs> like she and even Goku's afraid of that frying yes. pan <laughs> yes. she'll fight Drin all day long swallow yep. a spirit bomb don't yep. bring the fucking frying pan <laughs> oh no because Chi Chi will fuck him up yes uh, real quick. But, like, dude, how ridiculous is Goku right now in mm. fucking Super? Oh, yeah. He just swallowed a spirit bomb. Yep. And then it's goes, like, all right, bitch, new form. Yep. And then does it again, mm. which is, like, a thing that, like, only angels can do in the show. Mm. Does it again. And even Whisk got offended. He was just, like, this nigga's doing it Twice. again. Twice. Two fuck? times. Two times. I didn't think we would see that again in the tournament. Yeah. I would be like, yes. <laughs> seeing it again. But the new, like, remember when season, the Power of Arc tournament started? You had the opening where it was, like, a red aura and then an explosion and mm. then the title screen came out? Mm. So Ultra Instinct 2 is the next form, and it's with the red aura. Mm. So that's going to happen soon, and that's going to be a if, if that's Ultra Instinct 2, I mean, it might just be the Kaioken. You know, it the, might, uh, might be a mix of the two. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he does mix Kaioken with some shit. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's going to that's gonna be fucking yes. ridiculous. Yeah. There's rumors that Vegeta's going to like achieve perfect blue. Which uh, yes. it's what the manga That's is doing happen. instead of like the anime, because mm. Ultra Instinct is not in the in the manga. No, uh, so Vegeta's gonna be like perfect blue, and mm. he's gonna kick ass. That's gonna. I happen. I love Vegeta, man. Like people give Vegeta a lot of shit. They, I, Vegeta's my Vegeta's my dude. There was a fight uh, earlier when Goku he got grabbed by Tapo, this uh, this big a strong guy that's in this like Justice League type thing or whatever. Right. <laughs> whatever <it's> like. <laughs> the guy with the mustache? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a big guy with, with large hands. But he grabs up um, he grabs up Goku in the preliminary fights and puts him in a bear hug and Goku can't get out of that shit. You know, he just <laughs> fucked. And uh, Vegeta gets put in this bear this bear hug like a couple of episodes ago and he just gets out of it. You know, <laughs> And it just like shows like the difference that like Vegeta's already, like we haven't seen the maximum of Vegeta's power yet. Right, you know, yeah. so I mean, 
He's gonna be badass. I, I love their relationship between Goku and Vegeta because they've been since I was a kid, man. Yeah, they've just been they've just been going at it. I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy Super. It makes mm. me happy. Do you have a, a favorite villain of uh, of Dragon Ball of all time? Cell. Cell. I was I was seeing yeah. the um I seen a meme. It was like yeah, this motherfucker was just sat in a ring, created a ring, <laughs> sat in the days. ring, and sat there for a week and was just waiting for y'all to catch the spade. <laughs> I was like yeah. Cell was such a thug in yes. Dragon Ball Z. Yes, he was. And I fucking loved him. I yeah, miss yeah. him. You know, the, you know, part of the reason why they haven't brought him back. Why? He's really hard to animate. I bet. Because of all the spots. I can see that. So like they have to individually sit there and oh, draw spots, man. and they hated doing it. Yeah. And then they brought in Cell Juniors, and they have to do it for Cell Juniors. Oh. And then by the time the Cell Saga was done, yeah. all the animators went. Fuck you. Not doing it. Yeah. So that's why Sal hasn't been back. Well. Just make him green. It's, it's fine. Just I mean, he's like an amphibian type thing or something. Like, why, is, why with the spots? Reptilian, Reptilian type yeah. thing? I don't yeah. know. It's just like the way they did him. Yeah. And then they fucked themselves in the foot. Mm. Well, <laughs> that's a weird phrase. Fucked themselves fucked, in the fucked foot. Fucked in the foot. Yeah. Like the shot in the foot. Fucked mm. in the foot. Yeah. All right. I'm enjoying Whatever. it. I'll I'm keeping it. it. I'll take it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Picking up what you're putting down. Uh, I I don't think I've seen anything entirely new. Oh, I'm so, fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything entirely new. Yeah. Uh, last time I, last time I talked, I I don't even remember what I talked about. This is my problem. I gotta start writing shit down. Or listening to the goddamn podcast. Or listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, which I, about that? I was mm. listening to to our Top Gun episode mm. the other day. Yeah. And I walked out of the car to a group of people that knew me, mm. and they heard my voice on the show. Yeah. And nobody said anything about it, mm. but they all looked me in the eye, and I knew exactly what they were thinking. Yep. It's like you listen to your own show, you pretentious dickhead. Yep. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good Get show. Right. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> every every week, every Tuesday, sure do. It's it's <laughs> fantastic. <Yes. laughs> Yeah, but no, I don't think I've watched anything anything super new. Uh, like Murder on the Orient Express was the last movie I watched. Mm-hmm. I talked about that. It was pretty garbage. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to talk about those two podcasts ago. Okay. Uh, I almost got in a bar fight. Oh. Uh, at Red Twenty Eighth. Okay. Uh, at what? At Red Twenty Eighth, the that? hookah bar. Okay. Uh, behind Amelie's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I almost got in a fucking bar fight with some dude named Boogie. Hell. Because uh, he was harassing the waitress. Did, did he have uh, Did he have dreadlocks? Yeah. Was he like light skinned? No, he was he was pretty dark. Uh well he might have been he w- might have been like on the on the was, lighter side of was he was dark. he was he darker than you but lighter than me? Yes. Was he about five foot eight, seven? Yes. He was he was a little bit taller than me. Mm. Yeah. He had like a gold thing on his dreadlock. I, I mean, I, I you know, might know this cucker. I, I know someone named Boogie that fits all of those descriptions, but it might be more than one Boogie in the city. There of might be more than one Boogie. He was wearing like the circle rim glasses, uh, uh, and it might, that might have been a new look or whatever. But he was harassing the waitress, mm. um, saying that he wasn't going to pay for something or whatever, Eesh. starting a scene, yeah. and started screaming at the waitress mm. uh, while we were at the counter while I was waiting to pay. Screaming at the waitress? Yeah, like what he was fuck? like, yeah, like like yelling at her. Yeah. And uh, first of all, there's two reasons. I, like, the waitress was handling it. Mm. Like, she was in control of the situation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I wanted to pay. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I, I, I wanted yeah. to leave. Yeah. So I, 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 I intervened, and I went like, hey, man, take it easy. I'm sure we can figure this out. Oh, no. Uh, like, what's the problem? And he fucking got up in my face. Yes. You asked what? What are you talking about? 
about? Um, <laughs> no, and, and and like, but uh, that was kind of like, hey, let's 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 calm down, figure this out, because he, they, they, like, the waitress was getting angrier, he was getting angrier. I tried to defuse the situation, oh. uh, and he got up in my face. He was like, "Mind your business. Yeah. Uh, this is none of your problem." And I was like, "Dude, you're screaming at a waitress. Mm. This is kind of shitty. Yes. What are you doing? Yes. Let's just figure it out. Calm mm. down. We we can we can collectively." Uh, get our bearings, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what I was trying to do. Yes. And then they just kept going on in my fucking face. It's just like, mind your fucking business, nigga. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. I t- take it easy. Mm-hmm. And I just, and that, that sort of kept happening until security came over. Yeah. And then security was like holding him back away from me. Mm-hmm. I'm just standing there. Yeah. Like this guy is like trying to threaten me. Yeah. I'm not necessarily afraid of this guy, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also not, not afraid. Okay. You know? Uh, so I'm just here, like, dude's, like, in my face, mind your business, do this shit, do the mm. other thing, the security guy's trying to push him away. Yeah. And then the guy, uh, fucking said, uh, to the security guard when he was pushing him away, he's like, no, man, leave me the fuck alone, this is when niggas get shot in the face. Yes. And, and I was like, okay. And he said that, and the normal reaction to that, I feel, is, like, be scared, because he just threatened to shoot someone in the face. Well, well, he, he, well yeah, you could take that as a threat, right, but it right. wasn't a direct threat, but yes. Uh, so, like, I feel like the normal reaction to this is just, like, be scared and sort of back I wanted to hit him more. Like, I wanted to fucking tackle him into the ground after he said that. I mean... And I didn't do it, because I didn't want to start another scene. Like, the, guy, the security guard had it handled. Like, um, I, just as a friend, somebody that really cares about you, like, seriously, yeah. as a person, and just, like growing up in black culture and yeah. understanding that situation before you interject it like you gotta you gotta get security i mean you can talk to her you can talk to security but like that is when niggas get shot in the face no 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 no. You know i totally like, get like that not, not even joking like that's like yeah. you know what i'm saying because he's an irrational crazy person right. that is yelling at a, a female waitress you know out here in, in public you know yeah. for whatever bullshit reason he's decided you mm-hmm. know so it's just when he comes to you you're trying to be rational you can't rationalize with a crazy person and it's just people get shot stabbed and worse you know no no, no. Push, you know what i'm saying it's just i was, I was aware of this i was aware that i was in, in a threatening like yeah. position i was in a threatened position yeah at a time but uh i don't know i just i i i had to like say something about it yeah and so the dude just got up in my fucking face security security handled it pretty well yeah because uh, security uh, was on the way by the time that I was interjecting. Yeah. Like, she had called them already. But it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah, dude? man. Like, people are in a bar just trying to chill, smoke a couple of hookahs. Yeah. You o- clearly ordered something that mm. you refuse to pay for. Yeah. You have ordered this. Yep. This is now your responsibility. Yeah. Fucking pay for it. Sit the fuck down. Yes. <laughs> the, f- the fact that they don't get that yeah. <laughs> is like, I'm not going to be able to do anything for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, like mm. The, the the real reason why I said something was just so like the waitress had some breathing room. Yeah. Because like she was she had it under control, but she was like getting way too angry mm-hmm. in the situation. And and anyway, it just almost got in a bar fight. No, I mean you you yeah. were you were you were in the like I see what you were doing and you were in yeah. the right. Like I applaud you for what you were trying yeah. to do and standing up for for that lady. You know. Yeah. But I also don't want to see my friend get fucked over. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, like shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get shot either. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm glad that I have rationality. Yeah. Because like the moment he said this, our niggas get shot in the face. But it's like I want you to understand yeah. that before you go into the next situation. You no, know, I, I I understood that he was an irrational person okay, and that yeah. I was potentially putting myself in danger. Oh yeah, all right. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like he him to go like you know what you're fucking right we can talk this out. Yeah. I just wanted to diffuse yeah. the like the attention away from the waitress. From her, yeah. Until security got there, because mm. um, I could I could take a punch better than she could take a punch. Yeah. If yeah. it can, so I just wanted to get the attention away from her. Yeah. Um, but it's just fuck. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. What the fuck? It's just it's, like it's a crazy. It's a really crazy world that we're living in now. Cause like 
50, like 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's like there would have been no doubt, like that's what you should you should be doing. And, yeah. there were, that, and that's it. You know, if, if every man in that bar didn't, you know, say something to that guy, then it's like, what the fuck is wrong with the, the room? Right. You know, there's a man harassing a woman and any other man in other man in this room that's not saying something about it. What is your problem? Right. You know, but now we're, we're in a world to where it's like, I'm sure there were other men in that room and no one was saying anything about yeah. this guy yelling at her. The only and, guy that was going to do something is the, the, my friend's boyfriend who was there with me yeah and we were both like next to the guy and we both sort of reacted at the same time yeah yeah it's it's, it. it's hard like now because just getting involved what could be the consequences of getting involved there was something that happened last night that mm -hmm. was just like i was stuck in like a surreality for a good like 10 <laughs> minutes afterwards because it was odd as fuck and i still don't know what this was brian so um say <laughs> say you're um you know, say you're on you're you're at denny's and sorry the, i didn't uh, mean to laugh it's just like when no. people don't know what the fuck a situation is, I'm yes. interested. Like, so. very, seriously, I'm yeah. still kind of boggled. Like, honestly. <laughs> um, say, you you know, uh, the Wendy's, I mean, not the Wendy's, the, uh, the Denny's on Sunset? Yeah, say I go there all the time. Okay, like, say you're not going back home, but you're about to go on, um, you're going to go over the bridge, like you're coming right, towards... Right, to 77? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're at that light, and if you're on the far right side of the light, you can take a right and go on to 77 for right. right there. All right, so that's where I'm at. I'm at that light at the very, very front and the bridge, and there's a sign to my right that says 77, you know, make a right, yeah. right there. So um, I'm there, and at the light, the, my light is red, and there's an SUV, and he has his blinker on, and he's trying to make a left turn to go onto 77. But he's on the right lane. He's all the way in the right lane, the far right lane. So it's one, two, three lanes over. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, and he, but he, he has his blinker on, like he's trying to cut all the people over that are going to be driving straight, you know. Mm -hmm. But his car is only moving at like three miles per hour maybe. Right. So it's like, it's almost like, you know, somebody just took their foot off the gas pedal, you know. So the car is rolling and people are blowing their horn like, what the fuck, what the fuck. Then the car, and so I'm like, is he going to get on 77? Doesn't get on 77, like starts coming closer to my car and the other car is right there. And I'm like, is he about to try to like go over the grass and area and try to, I'm like, what is he doing? Like a weird U-turn type so, thing? Yeah, but he proceeds to drive directly past my car, goes over the hump, doesn't pick up speed, like same speed, goes over the hump, runs over the I-77 sign and runs into the fence. Through the grass, and yes, right beside the, and then my light turns green, and then the car beside me slowly takes off, slowly goes, and I'm staring at this thing, like, it's <laughs> right there. It just ran over the I-77 sign, over the hump, and has ran through a fence just now, like five <laughs> seconds ago. And I'm, just, I'm looking at that, like, what the fuck? And then the car started going, the car behind me was like, dun, dun. and I was like, all right. And then I just start going too. Guess this isn't my problem. No, yeah. And then it's like we're all driving up the road. And then it's like for the, the next like 10 seconds, I'm like thinking about all of these cars that I'm with that were driving around. I'm like, all of y'all seen that. Yeah. Like we all just seen that happen back there. And we're all continuing about our day as if that was regular and normal. <laughs> you know? I was like, what the time fuck? Because like, like one part of my brain was like, okay, how about maybe I should like pull over and park the car to find out, make sure everything's okay. Right. Because like, like I said, there was never an acceleration, never hit the brakes, nothing. It was like almost That was like, clearly someone that either fell asleep at the wheel or mm, was not okay at the wheel. Or like had a heart attack yeah. or died at the wheel or something, right. you know. But I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm going I on. wouldn't know how to approach that either. Yeah. Because like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. The, 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 the thing with those types of situations is that even when you're trying to help somebody now, mm -hmm. you're putting yourself in a very real danger. Yes. Because the person behind that wheel might be off fucking insane person yes and then you walk up to help them and they shoot you in the face yeah. and you're like what the fuck dude yeah. i was yeah. just like being helpful <laughs> after being, you know, after being shot in the face <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck man <laughs> i was trying to help you out <laughs>
<laughs> so you're like at that point you're just kind of like all right that guy will figure it out yeah. or someone will call the cops <laughs> yeah someone's gonna figure it out yeah and it's fucking ridiculous yeah. like i have this I, I i've had this thing lately whenever i i do you know when i said that i didn't have anxiety for a while and that i felt good about it okay that lasted like three weeks after that. All right. So anxiety came back. Mm. So now I'm having all of this anxious energy throughout the day. Okay. And I'm realizing that, uh, not realizing, like I know this in the back of my head, mm. but just thinking about it, we do insane shit every day. Yes. Insane, absolute, bad shit, crazy, idiotic shit every goddamn day of our lives. Yeah. Every time you get in an elevator, mm. you're doing something insane. They're fucking ridiculous. I, I read a tweet about that while you were talking about that, and I didn't... See, I had a whole, like, shit, this might take I, us so I, far I, I, had a, I had a 10-minute, like, 10-tweet rant on yeah. Twitter with the 280 cash girl update. Mm. I had a lot to say about this. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it, like, I thought, like, I have a whole thought on that, too. Mm. But it's like, if we start discussing this, like, we're going to be 45 minutes into our opening. We can, we can save it for the next. Yeah. Because we're recording two episodes today because yep. I'm going on vacation. Mm -hmm. So we can save it for the next bit. Cool. Um, but fuck the f the fact that we do anything is insane to me. Yeah. Get in a car, fucking insane. Get in an mm. elevator, you, you're crazy. Mm. You're surrendering your life to wires and cables and a metal box that's just covered in death mm. all of the time. Um, so it's fucking crazy. I don't, I don't know how to deal with it, but we'll save it later. Yeah, because I was uh, like, I had a, like I was I was listening to your fears, and I was mm. like, that doesn't make sense to be afraid of those things. Mm. Then I was like, rat, like talking about my fears before, and then I was like, my fears don't make sense to you. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so was, anyway, but yeah, there's a whole thing that I want to go into with you on that one. Yeah, you, you read that that ten sweet ran, mm. and you realize that that is the mind of someone that has anxiety mm. all of the time. Yes. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we're going to cut and then we're going to talk about 12 Angry Men yeah. and then uh, we'll be right. You know the fucking deal. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, 12 Angry Men in just a second. Hey. Before you do any other stuff you usually oh, do. Okay. I just, oh. <laughs> you keep I talking, I'll fix it. I just want to uh, read a headline real quick. All right. Uh, I'm not going to click the article. Mm -hmm. It says, Macklemore says his naked Justin Bieber painting helps him control his orgasms. Just mm -hmm. wanted to read that headline. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to click it, but it made me laugh. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck is BuzzFeed doing anymore? Uh, Just, I don't know what they're doing. Not interested. I'm not interested <laughs> in it either. But I, mm. I love the fact that that is an actual post. That, that is not an actual feed. post. That, that, <laughs> I mean, BuzzFeed. That's a buzz, someone posted it online. That's not a credible website. BuzzFeed. No, I'm not saying it's credible. Oh, I'm I'm like, like, yeah. That's a post that someone had to write and like look up enough information for to mm. make a post about it. Yeah. That's just what I'm getting at. Right. <laughs> I, I like the onion. Like I mean, onion's great. I like the onion a lot. I mean, they're they're very satirical. They're funny. I like I like them. Yeah. It's it's a sad day when comedy makes more sense than reality. I mean, yeah, we've been there. Fucking John Oliver and yeah, it's like that's where we're getting our yeah. Trevor Noah. The fuck. Anyway, twelve yeah. angry men. <laughs> was, yeah. Just wanted to share that. <laughs> Uh, tw Twelve Angry Men. It's a, a Criterion movie. Uh, this block. It's uh, came out in 1957. It's a crime film drama. It's one hour and 36 minute runtime. The rundown is: a jury holdout attempts to prevent a miscarriage of justice by forcing his colleagues to reconsider the evidence. Uh, the director is Sidney Lumet, and the writer is Reginald Rose for the story and the screenplay. It's starring Henry Fonda, Jay Lee Cobb, and Martin Balsam. Nice. Uh, I recognize none of those names because they were so be up before my time. Uh, Sidney Lumet is the only one I recognize from shit Dog Day Afternoon, I believe. Maybe 
Uh, I don't know. I don't even recognize the name. Dog the Afternoon. Dog yeah. the Afternoon. Uh, listen, I, you know my track record with Criterion Collections. Yes. This completely broke that streak. I love this movie. Oh. Absolutely love this movie. Whoa. It was fantastic. Okay. I It was probably my favorite Criterion Collection so far. Better, more than Rashomon. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, I really... Well, they're for different reasons, yeah, I think. Okay. Um, but this one, I just... It's it's short. Yes. An hour and 36 minutes. Yep. Every bit of dialogue serves a purpose. Yes. Cinematography is amazing. Mm-hmm. And we n- never leave the fucking room. Nope. I mean, until the end. I mean, until yeah. the end. Yeah, but yeah, basically. Beginning yeah. and end. We never, we never leave the fucking room? Yep. What the fuck? That's yeah. amazing. Yes, it was. The writing is so direct, mm-hmm. so concise. It has such a big, yeah. like, purpose. It's so well did. God, I popped the shit out of that pee. Yeah. It's so well directed. Yeah. I was just sitting there. I was just like, oh, I fucking love this. This is great. Did you notice a lot? I mean, I know you say you don't pay too much attention to lighting, but mm-hmm. on this one, were, were you noticing the, the lightings and shadows in this one? I was noticing a lot more of like the the the, the shot sizes, mm-hmm. not so far lighting. Okay. I noticed some dramatic lighting cues here and there. Yes, and like, yeah. But, then that, but nah, not super attentive to lighting. Okay. Um, but I, 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 I'm fucking, I fucking love this movie. Yes. It's just good. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's fantastic. It is. Let's, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you go ahead. What oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to get into it. Uh, what the facts are of the of the uh, of the movie. Right. So, Twelve Angry Men is a it's a jury of uh, of twelve twelve men, and they're going to happen to get very angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they all they all individually get angry at some point. Yep. You know, each each every single one of them. Um, but um, they're they're determining whether they should um sentence a what is he eighteen year old boy eighteen year old eighteen year old Hispanic boy yeah uh, sentence him uh, after he's uh. So allegedly murdered his father, right. uh, stabbed his father to death. Um, but here, here are the facts. Uh, they say that the the boy admitted to leaving at 8 p.m. after uh, being hit several times by his father. Right. Um, after that, uh, he went directly to the neighborhood store and bought a switchblade. And the owner of the store said he didn't have any other knives like it. It was a very unique knife. Right. Uh, now, uh, number three, he said that he he met with his friends in front of a tavern at 8:45. Right. Uh, and then four, he uh, he talked to his friends for about an hour, and then he left at nine forty-five. And his friends that were at the tavern, they all saw the knife that right. he, that he had that he bought. And um, then next, he went home, and he at, at about ten o'clock, he was home at ten. He said that he decided to go see a movie at eleven thirty, and he returned home at three ten a.m. to find his father dead. Right. And when questioned about what movies that he saw and who was in it, he, he couldn't, couldn't recall. To find his father dead at three a.m. with the police already there. Already there. Yeah. And um, he claims that the knife fell out of his pocket on the way home or to the movies. Right. Um, and 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 the movie does a really great job at explaining all this because we never really see the courtroom. No. They they pre- do they present those facts in the courtroom or in the jury? Room? In the in the uh, yeah. jury room. In the yeah. jury room. So like the courtroom, like the first shot of the courtroom, I really I really loved um, because it connects the jury, the judge with the jury, and establishes the importance of that result of the case. Yeah. Then they have a close up on the kid, and then they have a. Uh, with a complimentary shot of the jurors walking into the room. Yeah. So, like, immediately, you know, like, judge, this guy's carrying the sentence. These guys are the people behind it. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, this is the kid whose life will be affected. Yes. Three shots. Just three shots. I love the lighting for that. Because yeah. you're showing that kid, and they did a um, some low-key lighting, and it's just showing him. It was like, uh, is he a menacing character? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy being put in a bad position? You know, with lighting like that, it just it leaves a lot to um, to be determined. Right. You know? It's a lot. It's ambiguous sort yes. of morality. Yeah. And... And that's obviously what, like, the whole people start debating in the courtroom. Yeah. But uh, that shot of the judge reading, like, what the jury's doing, mm-hmm. 
and then the jury back there and then the kid under the jury yeah was such a great shot because mm. it's such it's it's deep focus yeah and the and the the judge is not really out in and super in focus he's mm. like a little bit blurry yeah uh, and so like all you see in focus are the jury and like the kid yeah and you go like okay i fucking get what's going on mm. immediately yep. the judge says a line or two but even if it didn't say that line mm. you would know you that still get you it. know the situation yep and and immediately from that shot i was just like okay this is good movie yeah and <laughs> like the, my grammar got for this is good this, movie this this is good movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and and i i fucking love that that shot from the kid to the jury and then mm. they walk into the jury room yeah. we never leave the jury room again after nope. that and yeah. it, it's just so effective uh sort of keeping you confined to a space mm. and then keeping you entertained yeah. within that space mm. very limited space and uh, and and i loved it well, after, I mean, just this doesn't have much to do with uh, the movie, but just a talking point. Like, I feel like if we were alive in the ni 1957 to go see this movie at a movie theater, mm -hmm. when we walked out of the theater, the first question I would ask you is, do you believe that he killed the uh, his aunt? No. No? No, I don't think so. I 100% I, I believe that he did kill his father, mm -hmm. but if I'm the um, if I'm on the jury, then I'm voting not guilty. Right. And when my favorite line is um, the uh, the foreign guy. Uh, he was like, I don't believe that you understand what reasonable doubt means. I think that guy had uh, my favorite. Uh, no, like at the same, my favorite line, the 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 rude old fat guy mm. asked him like, "Why are you so polite about this?" Oh, this, and he this, goes, "For the, for the exact reason. same reason, you're not." Yep. I was brought it's, up like that. Yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yes, <laughs> great line. <laughs> Fucking ah, uh, uh, okay. So th th where do we start with this movie? We never leave the room. Mm. So I think it's really important to talk about how effective the editing is in this movie. Oh, I knew you were going to get yeah. off on this editing. Like this, it's it was so good. very good editing. And like to the point where like I saw some of the shots and I was just like, they had to have had more than one camera mm -hmm. running at the same time. Yeah, because it's so perfectly cut together. Yes, the the how do you, the position of everyone in the room mm -hmm. is so well established. And I, I like that they did a thing where when everybody was sitting down, they got into the room. Uh, they were going to sit down randomly, but yeah. then they said, no, sit <laughs> down in seat. order yeah. <laughs> uh, by number of jury. Yep. And I love that because if you know the number of jury, mm -hmm. you only have to know where the seat starts and yep. where the seat ends. Yeah. And you can keep track of the character. Yep. And it's just like that was such a good, like, tiny idea. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck yes for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, like, just the editing was so fluid yeah. and so purposeful mm -hmm. and like the camera shots did exactly what they wanted to do yeah at any given time uh my favorite sequence of shots is like when they're going around the room for the first time mm -hmm. and like uh jury number eight, eight mm -hmm. uh the guy that was like arguing that he wasn't guilty mm -hmm. uh when they were going around the room uh when the others were trying to convince him to switch his vote to guilty yeah um, we had five POV shots that were happening from his seat, mm -hmm. and the camera would just sort of like slide Over, into yep. the one and slide into it. Yeah. And I was just like, fucking, just, ah, yep. so good, yeah. so good. <laughs> there was not a cut for like about two minutes mm -hmm. in that POV shot, and I loved every two minutes of it. Yeah. Because the composition looks gorgeous. Yes, it did. Um, the characters' faces are so well illuminated, they're all sweaty and gross. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, <laughs> this is one of those things that I that I know probably happened because mm. it's one room and they're in there for a long time. Yeah, and they establish that the day is like the hottest day of the year, mm -hmm. 
But I'm pretty sure the reason they did that was because the lights were just getting really hot in the room, mm. and they needed an excuse as to why these characters were sweating. I, I wanted, I, I mean, I want to give him even more credit just to say that that was a stylized choice, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, I mean, it might have just been something that they uh, they had to. Come I'm not saying that it just happened and they yeah. went along with it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that because the lights in the room were so hot, they yeah. had to establish that these guys. Were oh, really I got sweating. you. I got you. Yeah. yeah, so I, I I feel like like that just yeah. made me laugh. As I, a, I like that, yeah. And then it, and then it raining, pouring down, raining outside too. I'm like, I, I just like some of the choices that he, that he made. But um, my favorite thing about it was like the psychology of you know what these these men are trying to to figure out. Yep. Yeah, juror, juror number eight, he's the only one that's voting not guilty. You know, out of everyone else. And uh, they're, they're like, why? You know, clearly he's guilty. We have all the information. You've heard the same thing that we've heard. He's clearly guilty. Like, why not? He was just, you know, it's like, I'm, I just think that this is someone's life and we should maybe just give him five minutes to think about it and talk about it, yep. you know, just for, for a minute. And you have everybody's trying to go about their own life. One guy's trying to hurry up and leave so he can go see a baseball game. Right. He's ready to, you know, sentence a guy to death so he can go hurry up and watch a, bas- I mean, a baseball game. You know, so it's just, it, it just... I loved how one by one or, you know, two at some times was mm-hmm. he was able to sway that entire room. Right. And yeah. and I think at some point someone asked him if he was a salesman because he was like, yeah. so good at pitching these ideas. He was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a salesman. Well, well, no. It's like, well, you know all about it. You're, uh, you got the soft sell down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll tell you laughs> that. And like, and, and those little moments where we take a break from the jury to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or like someone wants to vote or whatever mm-hmm. are so needed in yeah. this like densely packed because the whole time they're talking about the case, you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, fuck, fuck. Mm. It's really tense in the room. Because yeah. you feel a legitimate sense of drama um, mm. and sort of, f- not fear, but tension that's packed in this claustrophobic space. And yeah. a lot of that is b- the camera shots. Mm. Like, the camera shots are very close together. Oh, yeah. And there's three to four people per shot mm. during the beginning, like, 45 minutes mm. of this, like, jury room setting. Yeah. Because um, we're getting established where everyone's sitting in the room. We mm. have one wide, and then we have, like, maybe four shots where, like, the people are just crowded. Oh, the towards room. the end, yeah. yeah. Lots of, yeah. And, and, and that communicates the, the feeling of claustrophobia and anxiety so well and, mm. like, sort of tension that makes all these people angry. Mm. And working, and I, I just love how Sydney, Sydney Lemon? Sydney Lemon, yeah. Sydney Lemon. Uh, communicated all of that. I yeah. just thought it was fucking fantastic. I like the, um, it made me think of uh, tribalism a bit towards the end where um, you have someone that's been ostracized from the from the tribe, mm-hmm. from the group, and the way that it's shot, because um, you started off with, um, it was a one versus 11, and um, with juror number eight being the only one that was saying not guilty, and then by the end, it's 11 versus one. Right. And the, um, the the way that they show it is everyone is crammed to one side of the room. They have their back turned to him. They're mm-hmm. facing away from him. And he's just sitting there, standing there by himself. And it's just, you can tell. I mean, I, I don't know. I, li- I just like, like how they cinematically showed the despair that he was in and the situation that he was in until he finally broke. And you got to see that it wasn't about this kid. You it know, was that's, about his kid. It's about his kid. Right. Yeah. I, I think they're confusing two scenes that happen. Mm. Because uh, the, the scene where they're all looking away from him yeah. happened when, like, the the fat old guy that was really racist mm. was talking. And everyone just kind of distanced themselves from mm. him. Uh, but at the end, they're all looking at him. And one side, they're still in one side of the room. Yeah. But they're looking at him, like, ah. making eye contact. Okay. Um, but the, the one where they're sort of, like, distancing, it's a wide... And people are walking away from their seats mm. and then, like, looking at the wall or yeah, doing whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, that was another shot with, the like, the racist old guy that was saying, that was mm. always saying, like, you know how they are. They're always, like, they're, yeah. they're born liars. That was that yeah. guy. Yeah, Oh, okay, uh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, yep. yep. Um, 
But I, again, the way that they did both of those scenes, mm-hmm. really effective at telling you, hey, that guy's a fucking asshole. Yes. Maybe don't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that guy sat in the corner of the room for like the longest time after that. That's another thing that I liked about it is um, even the people that were like, he, he was saying guilty. And even there were still some people that were saying guilty as well. Um, what, what was it? They were going to wash their hands or something. And the guy was like, um, shoot, I forget what, what he asked him. But um, you could see that he didn't agree with this person as a human being. Right. You, you know, it was like, uh-uh. It was like, I don't care. Like, we're both saying guilty right now, but you're kind of a fucked human. I remember that. I don't know what they said either, but yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And and that's why those little breaks are, like, really important, I think, to yeah. the script. Yeah. Because we have this tense moment, but, like, we ha- whenever there's a big disagreement, those are the two characters that we focus on those little breaks. Because mm-hmm. they have a, an interaction that's not related to the jury case, but at the end it helps us identify why they feel the way that they do or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's really a really cool thing to, to do. Mm. Um, the, the other... Uh, hold on. What? The other thing that I really like... I was just reading. Oh. Uh, the, the other thing that I really like is the camera composition always sort of led your eye mm. into whoever is the dominating person in the frame. Mm. So like if you have three people in frame, the person that you would point your attention to would be the one furthest away from the frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's where the diagonal lines would meet, mm-hmm. and then like that guy's face would be the one that you're looking at, and then like it would switch focus whenever who's talking. Yeah. The camera would do a subtle like, eh, and then you would be like, oh, that guy's in the middle of the frame now, and mm-hmm. that guy's the one that I should be talking to. Yeah. Or one guy stands up over the other, and you go like, okay, that's the guy I should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So like composition-wise, in terms of like leading your eye into whatever the fuck is happening. Yeah. I'm fucking loved it. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. It was on. It was it was one of those like levels of composition. That I never, I was never ambiguous about what was happening in a frame. Yeah. I always knew exactly why that shot was there. Very much. Uh, my favorite things are the close-ups because they don't use close-ups very sparingly. That's what I was going to ask yeah. you about because um, the, the close-ups were fucking awesome. It I was, they were great. Yeah. They were brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and and again, it just comes back to them having a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like whenever there was a close-up, someone was making a point. Yeah. Someone was arguing a point, mm-hmm. or someone was ready to reveal a dramatic piece of information that would change the outlook of someone in the room. Yeah. And it, it and just like being able to know that the, the movie established a language at the beginning of the of the movie, mm. it established a language with the editing, and it kept it throughout the entire time, mm. which is something that a lot of movies nowadays have a really hard time doing. Yeah, uh, and I I just appreciated the fact how fucking consistent the whole movie was from beginning to end in terms of editing, mm. in terms of what it wanted to do as a as a movie, mm. and in terms of emotional uh, tonality. It's fucking great. The story was was written so well too. Yeah. I liked how the um, so you had an old man uh, that lived under him, I believe, uh, like directly under the uh, the family, and he says that um, was he above? I thought it was under. Uh, I think it was ab- above. It was above or on the same floor, just like different hallways. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so he's uh, the L train was going by around the exact same time that the murder was happening, and he says that he heard, "I'm gonna kill you." And he heard him yell that. And then a couple seconds later, the body drops. Right. And they're they're trying to figure out. It was like, how was he able to hear? You know, someone yell, "I'm gonna kill you," and you know, with the L train going through, that would have drowned out some of the sound. And um, Juror Three says, "You're talking about a matter of seconds. Nobody can be that accurate." And uh, Juror Eight was like, "Well, I think a testimony that can put a boy in the electric chair should be that accurate." Right. And it's, it's that's something that that um, at least two or three of them weren't understanding as far as reasonable doubt and it was yep. like we're not we're not saying i know for a fact that he didn't kill them but i have a reasonable doubt and that's what i'm showing to you right now right you know? but i uh, have reason to believe that this may have been possible in another way Poss- yes yeah uh 
that's another really great point to mm. do. Like the train and the 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 first couple of expositions of evidence that we get mm. that may be wrong are really simple things. Yeah. So the movie has this pattern of like start with simple misconceptions mm. and then elaborate them into like really complex things by the end of the movie. Yeah. So like you really get the idea of progress mm. throughout the entire movie because they're not arguing the first the fact point. that they yeah. said. They're mm. arguing something like uh, at the beginning of the movie, it was knife. like where he got the knife. Yep. And by the end of the movie, we were talking about like, this bitch couldn't see. Yes. And it's just like, you definitely feel a sense of progression in mm-hmm. the story because of that. It feels like a funnel. Yeah. And it, uh, I think it's such an, it, it was so effective, uh, like keeping me interested. It, um, the first, the first like big, whoa, I'm, I'm into this movie was, um, was uh, the knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote in all caps on my notes. Mm-hmm. It's like, Low when he pulled out the knife like he had the biggest dick in the yes, room. He did. <laughs> Fucking god. He, did. he was like, it's a very unique though. Even the store owner said he'd never seen another knife like it. And then he slams it into the, the table. He was like, Oh yeah, really? <laughs> Check out my dick. <laughs> Boom. Like, what the fuck? Where'd you get that? <laughs> everyone, and I love that shot because everyone just crowds in the same shot. Like, yeah. what the fuck is yeah. up with that shit? Same kind of knife. Same kind of knife. Yeah. It was like there I just took a walk, you know, at night, you know, and then I went to a store that was not too far away from the kid's house and I Six, found it. Two blocks. Two blocks, house. two blocks yeah. from the kid's house, and they have these knives, and they're they're very common. Yep, you know, so, six blocks. Yeah, so it's like there's, it's not as you know unique as they're having you you, you think. So yep. it's very possible that maybe it fell out. It, it didn't have to just fall out of his pocket. Someone pick up the exact same knife and murder the father. Someone could have had a similar knife. Exactly. Yeah. The father. Yep. Uh, that was uh, the the fat guy with the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, so I, I don't remember his. I think it was three. You're okay. three. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I called him uh, bootleg Sylvester Stallone because mm. he looked like Sylvester Stallone. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, the guy that you were number eight looked mm. like uh, Willem Dafoe to me. All right. <laughs> so that's what I called him in my notes. Okay. Uh, but you're a tree. Uh, I liked that whenever he proved the point or mm. whenever he was trying to make a point, he just proved the other person's point. Yeah. A lot of time, like with the knife, at some point he picks up the knife and he's just like, look at this knife. And I was like, that's not the knife. And yep. he just kind of goes like, ah, fuck. And yeah. Then he <laughs> That's not the knife, remember? <laughs> like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> yep. And, like, those, uh, and that was clearly the most antagonistic mm. part of the juror group. And uh, I, I enjoyed the emotional delivery of him being so tense and hardcore about the kid being guilty. Mm. And then at the end, because we know about, we learn about his kid at the beginning of the film yeah. before they sit down. Yeah. Because uh, he mentions the kid or whatever, so kids are a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, because uh, they're dealing with the uh, kid that uh, that needs to learn how to be a man and um, right. and things like that. And he was like, "Yeah, I, um, my kid, he didn't know how to be a man when he was uh, when he was a kid, eight years old. He, he ran away from a fight. It's the first time I seen something like that made me want to cry. I couldn't believe that was my own son, you know. Yeah. So then I, you know, a few years I'm smacking around a little bit. We get into fights, and then uh, when he turned eighteen, he uh, he thinks he's a man now, and he uh, he punches me right across the jaw. You know, I, I haven't seen him in, in two years." He's 21 years old now or something yeah. like that, 22. And, I was, and he's carrying around a picture of his son inside of his wallet and just not understanding why his relationship with his kid isn't working out even though he's done everything that he knows to do right, the same thing that his father would have done for him. Right. You know, beat his ass and then you become a man. But that's old, a very old way of thinking. <laughs> you know? And like this movie was made in the, in the, the 50s, so yeah. it actually goes yeah. back. Um, I, I enjoyed that whole emotional line mm. because... I know I knew about the kid, yeah. but I forgot that he had a kid mm. until right at the very end because yeah. I was so ingrained in talking about this yeah. juror case. Yeah. So like when that emotional delivery comes out, it really does feel like I'm with the eleven other guys mm. in the room going mm. like, "Oh fuck, that's why." Yeah. And 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 that just it. I I feel good 
mm. when a movie makes me feel the things that other characters in the movie are feeling. Yes. Because I feel ingrained into the movie. I feel like I'm, I've been part of the total experience mm. of the movie. And I, and, and I, I just love that feeling. I, I like how um, like there were individual people and individual jurors brought in their own personal life experience that mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with the actual evidence, uh, per se. So like uh, one of the jurors, um, they were talking about the switchblade and the kid was shorter than the dad. You know, so how would he stab the dad with the switchblade? And he would say, OK, he would just put it in his hand and then overhand stab. Right. And with that motion and they were like, OK, well, that fits, you know, with the description, you know, the way that the guy was stabbed. And then one of the jurors, he was like, OK, well, I've seen a lot of uh, knife fights. Has anybody else in this room ever seen a knife fight, especially with a switchblade? You know, someone putting out a split switchblade, they're not going to flip it out, then change the angle of it in their hand and then right. put it over their head and stab in a downward motion. He was just like, I've seen a enough fights to know that's not the way that it's going to happen you know so it's like i'm going to have to vote not guilty as well just because this isn't plausible from all of the what i've seen in my life Uh, we got to see another example of that with the um the old man who's observing the uh the guy with the glasses and he keeps putting his hand on his on his nose and you know that's just nothing to do with the case but it was just like personal life experience noticing people that wear glasses and that indention on beside their nose yeah and 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 those are the those are ultimately the small things that end up saving the kid's life yes yeah. um also they keep mentioning this narrative about the dude the kid's dad being abusive yeah and and sort of everyone everyone starts with the emotional trail of like maybe this kid was just reacting to like a shitty situation mm. and then they kind of abandon the narrative and then they bring it back towards the end mm. uh and i just i just enjoyed the way that that because that didn't dominate the conversation mm. but it left you with enough sympathy for a kid that you've never met i, I liked how they the some of the jurors kind of tried to justify what or, or what was happening and that the dad may not have been in the wrong because before they said the um uh who was it the guy he's reading off uh, what's happening and he said that the uh, the kid said that he was beat by his, his father mm-hmm. punched yada 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 and then another juror was like no 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 he said slapped he said he was slapped around you know so it's just too no here's what happened one guy said he got slapped mm-hmm. and the other guy was like no 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 he got punched, punched. that's a difference yeah. And then he said, "Hit, he hit, got hit, just hit, just got yeah. hit." Yeah. So it's like for for like a juror, like the uh, the guy at the end who finally uh, admits that this isn't about you know this kid it was about my son. Is um you can kind of distinguish a difference between like he's gonna slap a kid around all the time and that should not be a big deal. Right. You know, slapping your kid around and um I, I don't know. It's just just the the psychology of how these people are thinking and their relationships with with their kids. Right. You know, it's something that I was really thinking about with his character. It was mm-hmm. just it was just an odd thing to me. It's like a sla- slapping around. That's not a reason to, to murder your father. You slapped around. I'll slap you around every day. You know, <laughs> that's never that's not a reason to, to run away from home or, you know, leave the house at 11 at night, come back at three in the morning and, and murder your father. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also like those moments where uh, that that same guy, mm. it's always that guy, the jury number three. Mm. He's always the guy that really solidifies the point for everybody else. Mm. He's actually kind of at fault as to why everybody else starts switching to not guilty. Yeah. Um, cause the guy was like, like with the, I'm going to kill you thing. Yeah. Uh, they were like, I, I, I know <laughs> the, the, I'm going to kill you thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, you say that all the time. You don't mean it. Mm. And then like, he gets angry at the guy and says, I'm going to kill you. And yeah. then everybody goes like, all right, guess point made. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the knife thing, mm-hmm. uh, there was another situation that another bit that I don't remember mm. where like he gets angry and then he ends up proving a point mm. and, and all of that shit. And I love that character cause he's sort of the one that drives each of the points home. Yeah. Right up until the very ending where we start looking at more complicated things. Mm. And my favorite moment 
of like driving a point home was with the glasses. Oh, yeah. The guy that said, uh, they asked him 20 minutes before that if he ever sweat because he wasn't sweating. No, I never suit. sweat. <laughs> uh, no, I never sweat. Never. 20 minutes later, the guy's just like, do you believe it's possible with the glasses? And it's like a single drop of sweat. <laughs> yes. It's just like, fuck yeah, I got him. Yeah. It just feels satisfying. Yes. If that drop of sweat hadn't been there, it would have still been an effective close-up. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have felt the anxiety that that dude was feeling at yeah. the time. So, like, that's a that's a classic setup punchline mm-hmm. type situation that I fucking loved. That was great. And yeah. it was such a tiny moment, but it, it's, 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 good. it's yeah. good. I just enjoyed it. I just had a great time with this movie. I did, too. And, yeah. and like I said, it's one of those, like, classic movies. Hour and, what, 36 minutes, I think it was. Hour and 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. If this movie was two hours and 15 minutes. It's been too much. It's been too much. been yeah. fucking too much. But, I mean, this is, it was perfect timing. Um, like I said, writing was great. Um, cinematography was great. Editing was great. Lighting, I really enjoyed. Um, it's like amazing g- pacing too. Oh yeah, pacing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Acting was great. One guy uh, reminded me of Lenny Bruce. Like I was doing the same thing with uh, <laughs> people. Who, people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I really laughed because they, they look so much. That guy looks so much like Sylvester Stallone, man. That's wild because yeah. I didn't. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll show. I'll show you. <laughs> Because, like, at, at one point he was going on a rant about something. I think it was the moment where he was, like, saying the thing about getting hit. Mm. And I was just like, life's not about hard, like how hard you hit. It's mm. about how hard you can get hit. <laughs> like, a rocky. like, that was just in my head the yeah. entire time he was talking. Yeah. It's just funny to me. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one of my favorite lines mm. is, like, when the, the racist guy mm. is like, he don't even speak good English. And then the other guy's like, he doesn't even speak <laughs> good, good English. It's yeah. a foreign guy. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, fuck you, you racist cocksucker. Yep. It's just satisfying. Yes. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I mentioned this in camera composition already, and mm. you always sort of lead your eyes to the conversation. Yeah. Um, that's happening. But the, uh, the composition in this take advantage of like the fact that people, when they're in a cluster, mm. they tend to flock their eyes to whoever is moving their mouth. Mm. And, and, there's never like a conflict of conversation that's happening because there's never two characters sort of opening their mouth at the same time. No. So like even in a shot of like six people, mm. you you're always sort of it takes advantage of the fact that you're gonna look at the guy that's talking. Yeah. And it puts him either at the end of frame where the lines meet or like directly in the mm. center of yeah. frame where everybody everything sort of congeals into one. Mm. And I just I just I just love that sort of purposeful shots decision. Uh, it just makes me happy. Nice. Yeah. I, I genuinely loved this movie a lot. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think that's all we can say about the movie. Yeah. Uh brilliant acting, mm. brilliant cinematography, mm. brilliant uh set. Yes. Uh brilliant uh sort of use of um like shot techniques. Yeah. Brilliant use of cinematic language. I really, 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 really loved it. Loved oh, oh, the um, the, the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I really liked. It was kind of like I guess it wasn't a throwaway thing. It meant a lot for me though. Is that this this juror, juror number eight was able to sway the entire room and save a man's life, and you know do something that no one else was willing to do mm-hmm. at, at a moment. He st- he stood up and took a took a stand, and it worked. And when they walked out, they walked out of the uh, the courthouse, and then the old man, the the man, the wi- the wisest of them all, really, you know, right. he he comes up to him. He was that was like, the guy that pointed out the glasses. The, the nose, yeah. yeah. He um he he walks up to uh, juror number eighty. Was like, hey, say man, uh, what's your name? And then he tells him, was like, hey, my name is this. So he's like, all right, my name is this. All right then. <laughs> and then they, they part ways and walk away, and that's it. You know, he was just like the old man was like, I at least need to know the name of this courageous person that you know that right. did this. It was a thing of respect. It was a mutual exchange of respect. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's pretty sad. And, and it was just walked away. It's like, no, it's not like, hey, let's go get dinner. Hey, let's go become best friends now. Like, none of that. It was just like, I respect you. You know, that's, I, I don't know. I just really like that that closing. I enjoyed that too. You know, because uh, that was like the moment right before the credits. Yeah. So it just leaves you with a final note of satisfaction. Yep. And I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is one of those movies that I had never watched. Mm. Because people always tell me, it's like, oh, man, you're a film student. you got to watch 12 Angry Men. Yeah. And she's like, I'll fucking get around to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I ended up fucking loving the shit out of it. Now you can watch all the 12 Angry Men parodies that are out there. there there's <laughs> Is there lots. a lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amy Schumer did one on her show a couple years ago. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a good number of them, though, yeah. I've, I've seen the reference. It's like the shot references. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've never watched any of them, getting any of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think it's just a, it's just a solid movie. Like, what would you rate it? Oh, shit. Uh, one out of ten. This movie is getting a 8.9. I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I was going to give it an 8.5 just because I don't like decimals in between 5 and, and 10. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't, I don't like <laughs> point six, seven, eight, no, and 9. No, I mean, I, I'm saying, but I don't understand why, though. I, I just don't like them. I just, mm. just complicate my rationale, I guess. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if I got 10 decimal places, mm-hmm. now i got to, like, like add shit in my head and so like well that, what makes this a point six versus a point seven mm. whereas if i just have an 8.5 and mm. a nine it's like that's a clearly an 8.5 yeah and i round up to a nine okay. you know what i'm saying does that make sense no all right <laughs> <laughs> i get talk. it though yeah, yeah right. good talk so <laughs> for me it's a solid like 8.5 but that's my equivalent of like i would be like the closest thing to nine yeah, b- yeah. before getting to uh, nine. no i get i get what you're saying yeah. yeah uh i just i love this movie yeah. this is great it's, really it's a good, good movie uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I, I, oh, the, the last point that I was going to make, because I tweeted this, yeah. and I was just like, 12 Angry Men is a movie that deserves to be in the Criterion Collection. It is, oh yeah. Unlike 400 Plus. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make you look good. <laughs> it does not make me look good. I stand by it. Like, I really hate 400 Plus, man. That's like the only yeah. thing I can think of like with, with that uh, rating review, mm-hmm. it's like if I was going to go on uh, Amazon to, uh, to buy a smoker, mm-hmm. and then there's a thousand reviews, and they're all five star, but then I'm like, oh, there's a zero star review. What the hell? And mm-hmm. then I'll go down and I'll read the, the one zero star review, and I'm like, okay, well, I understand why this person doesn't like it, but everybody else does. And I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if the smoker was like, um, yeah, well, it gets a little hot if you don't use gloves. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, well, this person's yeah. not using gloves, so I don't, I guess it's not going to be an issue for me. I'll just have gloves. Yeah, just use gloves. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. You know, I know my, I, I just, like, this is the kind of movie that I think belongs in the Criterion Collection because oh, everything does. is so purposeful. It definitely does. And everything is so, like, this is the point of this thing. Yeah. It's so well structured. Yes. Uh, that it just annoys me that they're, other I, movies out I there. I just, I don't, the antithesis I can't, them. no, it's like, yeah. I don't know, it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it reminds me of like, being a kid, like, I don't want to mm. get too deep into it, but it was just mm. like, I hated someone like, talking shit about me in order to make themselves look better. Right. I'm like, no, you can be good on your own, your own matter, like, yeah, you're great, but I don't have to be a piece of shit because of that. No, 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 you know? and I, t- I totally get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, like, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's a great movie, it's, it's, yeah. it's in the Criterion, it should be in the Criterion, right. and it's great. It, it is, it is. Yeah. I, I just, every time, I like, I, while I was watching the movie, I would just think back, and it's just like, man, I really hate friends. Like, that yeah. movie has left me with some sort of cinematic PTSD, mm. I think, because I think about that movie consistently, constantly about 400 Blows, I think about it. Um, that, that's just, uh, like, testified to how great it is. Yeah. I've seen a lot of movies that I've never thought about again. Yeah, but I, but I, I don't think about it in a good way ever. But you think about it. Every time I think about it, I'm just like, fuck that movie. That, that's why I like uh, Tyrion from uh, Game of Thrones. It was like, I don't think about him like, oh, I love Tyrion so much. But you know, it's just like, it's a constant reminder. Like, he's so terrible that I think about it. I guess. You know? Yeah. 
Anyway, 12 Angry Men, if you haven't seen it, uh, give it a look. I mean, it's a good movie. Definitely so. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back with a closing and whatever. Hey, yeah. Uh, you know the deal. Yes. <laughs> Sippity doodah. Yeah. <laughs> I like literally said, Are you ready? And then I lifted up my glass to take a sip of water. Like, oh, fuck. All yeah. right. And welcome back. Uh, televisions and movie premieres. Yes. Uh, uh, is there anything happening at all this week? Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week in television and movie premieres, uh, Tuesday, November the 28th through Monday, December the 4th. Uh, the first thing we're going to have is a Drunk History Christmas special. Oh, I like Drunk History. Drunk History. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, li- I like some of the drunk histories before, so I guess this, this next one should be pretty good, too. Nice. Uh, the next thing we have is a Friday, December the 4th. It's a All Def Jam. That's going to be, it's a comedy on HBO at 10 p.m. Is that like the Def Comedy Jam? Yep. Coming back? Yeah. Nice. Um, it's a bit, I guess it's going to be like the, um, the best people that did it, and they're just all going to be on HBO doing that. Nice. But um, I might check that out. Like, maybe Chappelle or somebody will show up. That'll be cool. I, I used to love that show. I used to watch Def Comedy Jam. I wanted to kill you last week because I I know, but I I, I figured you were just like too angry to to like to to talk with me at the time. What the fuck did I do? Because um, we, I was talking about a um a guy. He was um it was it was a show called um a comedy show talking about how to be black. Right, right, and, right. And then right. I was like, yeah, he was like on Def Comedy Jam. Do you ever seen any of that? And then you just blank stared at me. And then I kept trying to say Def Comedy Jam over and over because I knew that you had seen it. I, I really did not. I do not remember. I, was, that I that. think you were too yeah. frustrated about the Top Gun stuff because yeah. I was like, how is he not chiming in on Def Jam? I, that's the only black comedy stuff I know that he knows. You have to respond <laughs> to me saying Def Jam three times. I, I, I do not remember <laughs> the mention of Def Jam at all. I, I must like, have been I fucking like, livid. It was like he came up through Def Comedy Jam. <laughs> Uh, he worked with Shaq Comedy All-Stars a little bit. Def Comedy Jam. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. I think I might have just been that specific guy. Like, I knew what Def Comedy Jam was, okay. but not that he came up through Def Comedy ah, Jam. Okay. That might have been it. Okay. Because I don't remember <laughs> mentioning that I didn't watch Def Comedy Jam. I listened back to the episode, too. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck, bro? Like, <laughs> I know, because that, that's when I first met, uh, not met, but when I first saw Bernie Mac. Mm, yes. Uh, with his famous, like, I ain't scared of you bit. That, yeah. that was, like, yeah. my exposure to that kind of shit. Okay. Hell Dave yeah. Chappelle, I think I saw a couple times in there. Yeah, he was on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Friday, December the f- uh, 1st. All Def Jam is a comedy on HBO at 10 p.m. I like what, what's so good about having like this catalog of episodes. So it's like now we can just reference our own episodes <laughs> yeah. and just have people and go And realize how much of an idiot we were being in that particular episode or how, how smart we are later. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Both of those are great to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I listen back to episodes mm-hmm. and I look at and I hear myself and I go, like, what the fuck? fuck are you talking about? I mean, yeah, so, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Other times I was like, whoa, we're, we're on the money. Like I listened to the Wonder Woman episode last night and I was like, yeah, we did that shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we did Man, that. Man, I want another Patty Jenkins movie. I got to watch uh, Monster by Patty Jenkins. Oh. Devin recommended it to me yesterday because I went on a rant about Justice League mm-hmm. reviews. Yeah. And Devin recommended me uh, Monster by okay. Patty Jenkins. Some of her early work. Uh, I don't know if I've seen Monster. Who's in that? Do you know? Charlie Stern? It's about a female serial killer. Mm. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I don't remember the conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> Patty Jenkins, man, she's good. Yeah, she's good. I love Shirley Stern. Yeah. So yeah, that that sounds worth watching. Um, same day, Friday, December the first is going to be dark. It's a foreign drama on Netflix. It's a Netflix first German original series. is a ten episode supernatural drama about a town where two children go missing in in the present day, a crisis that has its origin in a 1986 event. <laughs> so German fucking Stranger Things. 
Uh, this, the series premiered at uh, at TIFF in September, where it received numerous Stranger Things comparisons. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally in the description. Ah, that's beautiful. Literally in the Don't description. Don't use comparisons to market your thing. Nope. Because you're going <laughs> to fuck yourself, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like now, I'm gonna wa- if I watch the show, I'm just going to be like Stranger Things. Yeah, if, and if it's not Stranger Things, then yeah. you're like, what the fuck is this? I just yeah. want to watch Stranger Things now. Yep. I could, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that's uh, that's dark. It's a uh, it's a foreign drama on Netflix, first j- uh, German foreign drama. Right. So, uh, the next thing is going to be Sunday, December the third, the Carol Burnett fiftieth anniversary special. It's going to be on CBS at eight p.m. Love this lady, man. Like Car- Carol Burnett, uh, she's the the lady that uh, Jimmy Fallon steals from a lot. Um, there wasn't really a comedian or comedic actor that would really break the fourth wall uh, mm-hmm. earlier on in uh, television to where like me and you could be making jokes and then um, like the office you look at the camera like <laughs> right. did you see that you know <laughs> so uh, she would do that but um, she would kind of be subtle about it she would just turn to the camera and wink be like oh uh, yeah you get it or or you know so, but yeah she she was just great and uh, I really liked her in um in a show called Mama's Family she did with um with Vicky Lawrence uh, what's her name was in it Betty White was in it. Um, uh, Rue from uh, the redhead from um, from uh, God damn it, Gir- Golden Girls. Okay, yeah, she was in it. You know, so it was like it was a lot of people that were was in it. But um, but yeah, Carol Burnett, uh, 50th anniversary special. Yeah, that's a little bit before my time, so I have no idea anything that you just referenced. But, but the, this this is what me and Tessa talk yeah. about too, because it's before my time as well. Right. But it's like the but with me not have oh, and there was a, have you ever heard of the word zenial? Xenial? Xenial. Like, I was talking to another friend of mine that mm. were, he's th- 33, and, you know, I, I turned 33 this year, and um, it was like, I feel like we're, we're millennials, we're classified as millennials as far as by date. Oh, you're the bridging up between Generation X and millennials. And, yeah, the yeah. Xenial. I was like, because it didn't make, because, like, we were here before the technology, you know, it's kind of weird. But um, I forgot where I was, oh, but um, that, that we were, like, so... Say Mary Tyler Moore or Carol Burnett, like that's all before my time, like 1990. Those shows came out in 1970, 1980, mm-hmm. but I didn't have an internet, you know, so I had to watch whatever was there. Right. It was like, but now like the like the true millennials is you don't have to watch, you know, Carol Burnett or Mary Tyler Moore or Olive Lucy. Course, it's like, the fuck you I can watch whatever you want. It's like there's so many options. So if you yeah. don't see something that directly fits your appetite to consume right now, you can just go on the internet and find another 5,000 things that are like yeah. that. You know, you don't have to go back because there's so many things current you know yeah. i can go on like dickle.com and like find whatever i want for anything yeah <laughs> so it's like it's just a, a weird a weird time because like it's not my it wasn't my time either but it was just i didn't have as many choices yeah is why my favorite like mark maron does that uh, explains that really well in the in like his latest special he has a whole joke about that we've we've yeah because it's so fucking true it's it like, is. i don't know where half the shit is coming from but i know where i can watch it yep i know where it is and it's i download an app just to watch one thing and then delete the fucking app yeah there's a Fuck, lot of stuff yeah. out there. Um, let's see. But, yeah, that's, that's Carol Burnett's 50th anniversary special, Sunday, December 3rd. Uh, the last television show is Monday, December the 4th, Cash Cab. Oh, Cash Cab. Cash Cab. I enjoy Cash Cab. <laughs> Me too. I like the host. The host yeah, is really cool. He was. Yeah. Um, that's uh, December, let's see, December the 4th. Is that Discovery Channel? Discovery Channel, 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the taxi-based game show returns after a five-year absence. God damn. I wonder yeah. what that guy looks like now. Uh, yeah, probably the same. Really. Maybe. We'll see, yeah. That's uh that's that's it for television, um movies. But I want to point out before you start with movies, the first mm-hmm. poster that was in your list mm-hmm. for a second it registered in my head as another War of the Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. and I and I got really sad oh. for about ten seconds yeah. <laughs> before I realized it wasn't. Oh no no no, no Planet <laughs> of the Apes. 
Uh, the first one's actually um, Another Wolf Cop. And I'm actually going to go see this Another in the Wolf Cop? Another Wolf Cop. It's, um, it's an 82-minute runtime. It's listed as a comedy horror. The rundown is alcoholic wolf cop Lou Garou springs into action when an eccentric businessman with evil intentions seduces Woodhaven's residents with a new brewery and hockey team in this outrageous horror, horror comedy sequel. No is, one, a, is a wolf cop someone that hunts wolves down? No, he, he's no, but, well, it could have been, but yeah. he's actually a cop that is a wolf. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a cop that happens to be a werewolf, and, and he, but, but he's also <laughs> troubled with alcoholism. <laughs> so not that, not that being a, wolf, a werewolf and a police officer with a nine-to-five job wasn't enough to deal with. <laughs> he also has to deal with this, this alcoholism. That reminds me of, like, I, I, I like watching people talk about B-horror movies. Yeah. Or B movies in general. That reminds yeah. me of a franchise of movies called mm. Hollywood Cup and Samurai Cup, mm. who were just this like awful, just horrible directed B movies yeah. that were about cops being really specific things. Nice. <laughs> so like one of them was a, like an actual samurai, and yeah. he'd like only use like a katana or whatever. What the fuck? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Red Letter Media, mm. which I love those guys because they go back and they watch B horror movies. Okay. And they watched so much of them, they said, all right, fuck it. We'll try to make our own version of a B-horror movie. Mm. They made a parody of those type of movies called Space Cop, okay. which is about a cop on Earth that's from space. All right. That tries to be a normal cop. Okay. And it's just so bad. That, yeah, that sounds like maybe I could check that out. That's that bad <laughs> so, that I could check that out. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But I see all the commercials, and I just love the fact that someone went back and saw all of that shit and just went like, you know what? Yeah. Fucking werewolf cop. We're fucking doing it. Okay. That's great. That makes me happy. Go nice. see that. <laughs> yes, you got to see that. Got to see that. Uh, the, fucking alcoholic. The, <laughs> the next one is um, The Disaster Artist. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, The Disaster Artist. I, did, I, haven't, I didn't even see the, uh, the original movie. What was it? Room, the Room. The, the room. room. I didn't even see The Room. I heard, it's, oh, man, that movie's... I haven't seen it either because yeah. I, I, I can't see it in one chunk because mm. it's so cringy. That's what yeah. Tessa said. It's the worst thing she's ever seen. I was like, how? 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 You know, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I got to see this. Yeah. I, I feel this. like I got to see the movie before I see that. Mm. Just, but, man, Tommy Wiseau is the character. They say that he was involved with the mafia. Really? Yeah, because the movie cost $5 million to make. Huh. Um, but people weren't exactly sure where he was getting the money from. Yeah. He said he got it from importing jackets. And who's giving $5 million to that kind of movie? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they say that he, was, he had links with the mafia mm-hmm. and he was an asshole during filmmaking. Yeah. And so, like, I, I'm just excited to see this movie. James and Dave. Yeah. And fucking Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. It's just great. It's just it's a great. The, uh, it says, rated R. It's a 103-minute runtime. has a 77 meta score. It says, an aspiring film actor meets the weird and mysterious Tommy, how do you say, Wise Wazow. And in acting class, they form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. It's directed by James Franco, uh, starring uh, Tommy Wazow. I don't know James Franco directed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, Allison Brie, Kristen Bell, and Zoe Deutsch. Wait, Christian Bell's in this? Oh, Cri- Kristen Bell. Oh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, Kristen <laughs> Bell. Uh, and Allison Brie. But yeah, that's... I, I, I'm really Allison Brie. I'll, I'll dig Allison Brie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Allison. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But that's... um. That is The Disaster Artist. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, and, oh, and last and not Tommy. least, maybe... Uh, Wow, this is a decent cast. 
All right. A uh, Wonder Wheel is a PG-13 movie, 101 minute runtime. It's a drama, has a 55 meta score. Uh, the rundown is on Coney Island in 1950, a lifeguard tells the story of a middle-aged carousel operator and his what kind of wife? 15-year-old wife? No, beleaguered uh, Yeah, beleaguered wife. Beleaguered? I don't know what the fuck that means, but it means something. Beleaguered. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that word before in my life. Neither, neither have I. Beleaguered. Um, but yeah, um, middle-aged carousel operating his beleaguered wife. Woody Allen? Uh, director is Woody Allen. That sounded like a Woody Allen. <laughs> it, uh, it stars Jim Belushi, <laughs> Juno Temple, Justin Timberlake, and Kate Winslet. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there was a, what was I going to say? There was another, that's another case. Mm-hmm. So not to take away from any of those movies, but there's a movie called Lady Bird that's yes. coming out yes. on November 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I forget her fucking name, mm-hmm. but it's like Ronan something, like the lady that plays it. Yeah. And I'm interested as fuck in that movie. Okay. And I want to encourage, because it's coming out on limited release. All right. So I want to encourage people to go see that movie if it's their jam. It's called Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. It's been getting a lot of really good reviews. Oh, yes, it is. And so, just want to put that out there. Yeah. Just because I feel like I'm annoyed at, like, I work at AMC now, and mm-hmm. I'm annoyed at their, their like, limitation of movies yeah. that they have. Yeah. Because I have to go to Regal to see all of, like, the artsy the, yep. movies. And it's just like, just fucking right there. Just These are great movies by mm-hmm. great filmmakers with mm-hmm. great actresses. Fucking put them in the movie theater. Good. Like, three, even, three billboards of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Oscar-nominated actress. Oscar, uh, I don't know if it's Oscar-nominated director, mm. um, but amazing director, amazing reviews, mm. amazing cast, and just like, ah, oh, live in a release. We'll put it in December 1st. It's yeah. like, that came out three <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> put it in the theater. Yeah. You know the only theater that has it? In fucking Chapel Hill. That's wild. Silver Spot in Chapel Hill. That is wild. Fucking has three billboards outside of Missouri, and yeah. I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. It's, it's annoyed. It's annoying. I it's a myth. Yeah. Anyway. Anything well, else? That's it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for the week. I love when I have a lot of energy mm. towards the end of an episode. Yeah. And then you just go like, yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, Tofa and your men. Go watch it if you fancy watching a really good classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS podcast. You can find us on Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes podcast app. And then a name for film's sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian and I'm at uh, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you next ne- next week. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Next. I always say next week. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, since we're recording weird today, yeah. my brain just went like, fuck, is there a next week? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah see you next week. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.